Nebraska on tap, the source for everything educational and informational about groundwater in agriculture. If you are an ag producer or a citizen of Nebraska, this show is made for you by the Middle Republican Natural Resource District. Now it's time for our weekly show, hosted by Heather Disming. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's edition of Nebraska on Tap. So this week we talked to Chuck Burr, who works at the TAPS program up in North Platte uh, for UNL. So TAPS for them stands for Testing Agricultural Performance. Um, they are doing different programs in Oklahoma, Colorado, Kansas, and here in Nebraska. During this program, they deal with watering, profit input, um, it brings together industry leaders, educators, outreach people, um, contestants, producers, and different types of partners. So competitions include sprinkler corn, um, subsurface drip and irrigated corn, um, sprinkler and dry land sorghum, winter wheat, and then they have cotton at Oklahoma State University TAPS program. So uh, six of these management decisions um, that are performed by these teams or individuals that they can make are crop insurance, nitrogen, irrigation, um, the hybrid seed selection, the seeding rate, and uh, the markets. This helps with methods of future farming, um, but the pesticide tillage residue and um, harvest are all managed by the center. So Chuck has a lot of things on his plate. Chuck also is the chemigation instructor for Nebraska as well. So he does a lot of things and he sees a lot of data and I think he loves it because he's been doing it for quite a long time. So I interviewed him a couple weeks ago. So let's get into that and let's talk to Chuck. Yeah, I'm Chuck Burr. I'm an extension educator focusing on water and cropping systems, and I'm based in the North Platte area in Lincoln County and the surrounding area. Been in uh, North Platte since 2012, so over 10 years now, and really focusing on irrigation management, uh, limited water issues, and also nitrogen management. Very nice. And where were you at uh, before you got to North Platte? Yeah, so I spent about 10 years in Clay County, Clayton Webster County, and then after that, about 12 years in the Phelps-Gosper County area. So been kind of moving west as I've gone through my career, and my interest really is in, you know, limited water. How, how can you get by with less water, or if you have an allocation or something, uh, you know, what things you can do to help uh, get the most of, of the limited resource you have. So that's why I've been kind of moving west over my career to, to get into an area that's, I guess, dealing more and more with that. That makes 100% sense because, yes, because some areas are not allocated like we are here in the Middle Republican uh, per se. And um, doing the TAPS program that you have there is definitely beneficial for that reason that you just mentioned. So um, that's awesome. And um, so you talked about harvest is just starting now. So how is that going for you guys? Uh, harvest is going pretty well. We've got our subservice drip irrigated uh, taps competition. We took that out a couple days ago and uh, yesterday finished up our uh, sprinkler 
taps competition. Uh, we still need to take out our popcorn plot, so hopefully early next week. And then our grain sorghum plots out of Grant, uh, hopefully middle to end of next week, we'll be able to get that out. Looks looks like uh, once the wind dies down, that uh, the should, sun should come out again and should have some good harvest weather coming up the next week or so. That's awesome to hear. How um, how is that drip tape? How long has that drip tape been um, involved in your program? Yeah, this is the fourth or fifth year with the drip tape in the, the competition. Uh, so we've got some pretty good data on it. Uh, you know, we've seen quite a bit of variability in terms of rainfall uh, during the summer months, uh, the last several years. So uh, some pretty wet years and then, of course, pretty dry years as well. Right. And the drip tape has to be 18 inches underneath the soil, yeah, right? Yeah, our, ours is about 12 to 15 would be kind of a target. Yeah, it kind of depends on your soil type, but uh, ours is in that 12 to 14, 15 inch depth. And that you can get drip tape dependent on how far you are from the water table too, right? Yeah, so the the drip tape is kind of dependent upon, you know, what soil type you have. If you have a sandy soil, you're better to put it uh, a little bit closer together, put your emitters a little closer together. And on uh, silty or clay soils, we can get by with uh, putting the tape a little bit wider and then also emitters a little bit wider. It also depends on your flow rate, you know, how many gallons per minute you're able to pump. Uh, and it'd be designed for your field, of course, uh, the area and then the slope and soil types that you do have. Yeah, very interesting to know because, I mean, Central Pivot has just been a huge thing for so long that um, knowing a little bit more about the strip tape from you, that was very interesting to hear. So that's really awesome. Yeah, so drip tape, I think, is is another option. It, it, it may not be like an option right now for a whole field just because of the cost compared to a mm -hmm. pivot. Uh, but if we do get into an area where we're really ratcheted down on allocations or maybe we have a low capacity well, uh, might sure be, a, be a more profitable that way, I guess, uh, because water would be more expensive. Or maybe if you're pumping from a pretty good depth, you know, like 300 foot or something, your pumping cost is a lot higher. That's when the drip tape really shines. Yeah, I mean, what is your favorite benefit about having drip tape? Yeah, the drip tape to me is you pretty much reduce evaporation because you're applying the water below the, the soil surface. So you kind of wipe that out completely. Uh, numbers, people been throwing around 20 to 30 percent uh, water savings by using drip tape compared to a sprinkler irrigation system. Wow, that's really, and you're at the research center, so you would know. So um... Yeah, yeah. Pretty good data, and of course, a lot of data with our research was done down in Colby, Kansas. Freddie Lamb uh, down there had, has had drip tape for years. Uh, he's no longer with us, but uh, he's left behind a, a lot of research down there. So if you're interested in, uh, he's got a really good website. I encourage you to go check that out at uh, K-State Extension Colby Research Center. Wow, okay, cool. I'll go check that out for sure. And then, so when it comes to seed choosing, water, fertilizer, you work with um, a whole bunch of individuals to make certain things happen, right? Yeah, so in terms of our TAPS competition, it's a farm management competition. So the producers, you know, they get a select uh, what hybrid to plant, what seeding rate, uh, when to put nitrogen on, when to irrigate, how much. Uh, so we were able to do all those decisions in the field and we provide a lot of information, you know, seed guides that the, the hybrid companies provide. Um, in terms of irrigation management, we provide everybody with a soil moisture sensor in one of their plots, as well as a weather station right at the, the edge of the field. And for, uh, for irrigation management, I think we need to be looking at both of those pieces of information. Uh, you know, a good soil probe out in the field, 
and then uh, good uh, weather data, uh, ET, uh, water consumption, evapotranspiration for the field uh, for your location. So having those two pieces of information really allows me to kind of target that irrigation. You know, when do I need to start irrigating? Uh, I can look ahead at the forecast and see if there's a good chance of rain or not. Uh, having that soil probe there tells me, you know, how much water I, I can use before the crop might start being stressed. And that weather station tells me how much we've been using and kind of gives us an indication of what we can expect the next several days too. So using all that information, you can uh, make some really good, well-informed decisions on irrigation management. Yeah, especially when you have all those tools and the weather station is so important. I mean, that's a hot topic at coffee every day, you know, and (laughs) it varies so much from, you know, just one area to the next. Like I know um, with this weather system we just had, some people missed out and some people, you know, really got hit with a lot of rain. So. Yeah, I was in Broken Bow yesterday to pick up some stuff and just about floated away. I heard they had five (laughs) or six inches up there. We probably had 30 or 40 hundreds at the research center here in North Platte. They should have told you to pack your boat. (laughs) That's all right. I could have used it. <laughs> and then, um, so you talked about this advancement and the benefits of technology and with the research and, and the data you get at the research center when it comes to drip tape and um, other water advancements. What are some things that have just really blown your mind when you have come to the data aspect and the uh, seeing all the stuff laid out and you're like, wow. Yeah, you know, the, the soil moisture sensors, and, and I've been working with sensors for probably 20 years now, but the, the new capacitance probes that they have available at the different depths, you know, you can have five, six, seven different uh, points where they record soil water down through the profile. And, you know, I like the 30, 36 inch probes, uh, maybe even a 48 if you're, you're, you're in an allocated area because we want to make use of that last foot of water down there. But mm-hmm. uh, just having those tools to look at what the soil water content is doing at different layers in the field, you can really tell, you know, where the roots are active. You can tell if we're pulling water from maybe too much water from a lower depth early in the season. Maybe we don't want to pull that much early. Um, but it also allows us to see how we're drying out the profile so if we catch a rain or like an irrigation event of an inch or so make sure we got room in the profile to store that Um, because water is is not very forgiving If, if we apply too much and the profile can't hold it it just keeps moving down and it moves out of the root zone and and um, of course, it can take nitrogen with it if there's free nitrogen available in the soil. Um, it'll pick that nitrogen up and take it down um, to the groundwater. And, and we are seeing some high nitrates, especially in the eastern end of the state. Uh, but that's been kind of creeping west here the last five or so years. Yeah, um, I was just out west, or sorry, out east yesterday, and they were harvesting. And there's a lot of, lot of field out there, a lot of field. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, and um, you know, here uh, we have the prairie and the field. Do you feel like sometimes that helps slow it down a little bit? You know, I think that's a big benefit for us is having quite a bit of grassland in the area. Um, because when you get the excess rain, a lot of that will soak in because of the, the plant material there, you know, the grass able to hold it in place until it can soak in. So that that benefits our groundwater uh, because uh yeah, that's recharged to the groundwater, and then uh, we can pump additional water out on you know smaller acres on the with the crop fields. The other thing that that does is it allows kind of recharge that doesn't have nitrates in the water. So if you're starting to see some high nitrogen contents in uh, in groundwater, 
um, if we can cut back on the amount of nitrogen we're using and really limit any potential future uh, leaching of nitrates to the groundwater, that can kind of help to reduce the concentration by providing uh, low or no nitrate water going down in the aquifer to kind of mix with what we've already got there. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, how many of these research centers exist in, in Nebraska? Uh, there would be five across the state, maybe six, a, a smaller one if you include a, out of Sydney. So, yeah, they're, they're kind of spaced strategically, you know, within an area, but also in different growing regions. Uh, you get out to the panhandle, you know, that's a whole different ballgame out there because they get very little rainfall. Uh, eastern end of the state, they get plenty of rain most of the time. So irrigation is not as important there, but uh, cropping systems, tillage practices, and, and disease and insect management tends to be a bigger problem in the eastern end of the state. So mm -hmm. it allows us to really kind of target issues that are in the area and help us address those, help producers uh, understand how to address those issues as they come up. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, this one covers, I see Lincoln County, um, uh, Stapleton, area what counties are you covering sorry yeah, yeah i'm in lincoln. my counties right now i see lincoln i've lived here my whole life and i'm blanking out yeah i cover lincoln logan mcpherson keith arthur and then several counties up in the sand hills uh don't have a lot of cropping systems up there so right. um, sand hills yeah, are beautiful they are and you know with, with good rainfall it really had a lot of grass this last year yeah we saw that we uh, went up to the u.s forestry service on wednesday and had noticed that a lot of the flatter areas had really produced some great bales of of hay and so that's really nice to see um, that they yeah. got a good crop this year of of hay yeah I, I think last year most people really reduced you know their inventory down because we didn't get much hay last year and then kind of a tough winter for us so mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's nice to see them get some hay reserves built back up and to have some hay in the hay yard again yeah so um when are you guys doing your next award ceremony yeah so it'll be january 13th in Kearney at the unis center uh, that'll be our taps banquet uh, we'll have a prime rib dinner again and an open uh, free bar uh, so yeah, I invite everybody to come out and, and see see the awards. We'll also have our report available then. We'll have printed copies so you can take that home. And when the snow's blowing this winter, you can sit down and read through uh, what producers did in the TAPS competition this last year and, and see how things kind of played out. Yeah, I know. My dad always loves to have that as a bragging right. He's got a few awards there in his office. <laughs> Yeah, Lauren's done very well in terms of uh, high yield in our subsurface grip competition. So, yeah, he's, he's consistently in the top one or two every year. Oh, yeah, he nerds out on that stuff. He wants to win. Yeah. He's got to tell right. all of his friends. <laughs> well, I think most, most farmers and, and I think just people in general are pretty competitive. And, and that's kind of the neat thing about the TAPS competition. You, you don't really know how good of a producer you are until you compete against somebody else on the same field. Um, and that, that's where, you, you know, the, your strengths and weaknesses really come out pretty quickly. Um, so the, the producers find out, you know, what, what they're good at and maybe what they're not so good at. And then we, of course, the university can provide information and research to help them improve their management strategies in the, those areas that need work, as well as talking to other uh, farmers that are in the TAPS competition to, to see how they've done things, you know, more prof profitably or more efficiently. Yeah, and, and you do have teams that come on um, uh, to this program as well, which I found really awesome to see that many people because farm farming is a production. So 
might as well bring your friends along. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the, the Perkins County is probably our most famous team. They've had uh, about 10 individuals that they meet with on a, a weekly basis throughout the growing season. And that's how they make their decisions, you know, is it time to sell some grain or, you know, what hybrid are we going to plant or do we need to put some irrigation water on? And uh, Ted Tejan has, has kind of led those teams the last seven years. And he told me that he's learned more from just sitting down with his neighbors talking about making decisions on a taps field uh, than about any other thing he's ever done. So really a lot of benefit. And again, just sitting down with your neighbors talking about how you make decisions and when you do it on a field that you're both kind of or you're all kind of managing together, um, then you don't have to really talk about the home 80 or the back 40 or whatever, uh, how you're managing that. But um, it, it's really important to, to talk to other producers, learn from them and uh, understand why and how they make the decisions they do. Yeah, I um, interviewed Ted and yes, he is a wealth of knowledge and he loves to talk and we could talk for hours and hours, so I can only imagine what those conversations he has with everybody in Perkins County is like. Those are probably two pot of coffee conversations. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. <laughs> Ted's so good. And so um, anyway, um, and then there's one other thing you do besides being in extension education um, at the research center. You also do chemigation education at the research center. Yeah, I do. We do chemigation training. Uh, was actually just looking through the script. Uh, we're going to try to get our videos updated, probably not for the 2024 season, but for 2025. Uh, just so kind of revamping that program. Uh, some things have changed in terms of irrigation. Uh, you know, pretty much everybody's got a sprinkler chart or they should have a sprinkler chart for every pivot they have. So the, especially the calibration video, you know, that was like 30 minutes long and and really kind of boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I watched and, it. I, I lived through it. I lived through it. Yeah. Benji and I lived through it. We're good. That's Aww. right. <laughs> so, but yeah, a lot of that information, you know, the calculations we go through is already on a sprinkler chart. So that's what we're kind of focusing or changing our focus to, you know, using the information on a sprinkler chart. Now, what's the next step in terms of chemigation? So it really should shorten up that calibration video and, and you know, even using some of the tools we have. I know there's technology now you can control your speed and, and things on your pivot based on you know on your computer or your right. phone so mm -hmm. uh, just trying to update with where, where we're at with technology now and and uh, make it uh, more targeted to uh, spend the time where you need to focus instead of doing all these calculations that are probably already done for you on your sprinkler chart yeah those calculations are rough uh but i mean manage through it you were a good teacher on that part but <laughs> whew, i think i had some sweat on my forehead yeah, I know. And, and I enjoy math. And so, you know, it's not a big deal for me, but not everybody enjoys math. And I understand that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if we can make some changes, make it a little more bearable uh, here in the future. Yeah. See, if I was farmer, I would need you on my on my team, on my production of farming team to help me out with my math. <laughs> there you go. I'm good with math. I'm not so good with some other things. So see, it, I, it, it, that's that's why having a good team is important. Yeah, for sure. And then anything else you want to um, let us know about or you want to talk about before we let you go? Yeah, just check out our website, taps.unl.edu. Uh, we've got all of our previous reports on there. Uh, we, we actually did an end-of-season survey uh, this last winter with TAPS, and uh, like 75% of our participants have tried some technology on their farming operation at home. So, you know, they kind of practice with it or play with it in the TAPS competition. 75% of them are 
are trying that at home on their operation, which is really exciting to see. The other thing that they told us is the, the report that we put out is the Bible. Um, and we have people that have never been to a TAPS a field day or event or, or anything, but yet they'll download that the TAPS report and read it and, and learn from it. So a lot of information there, a lot of opportunities for people to, to take a look at that. And yeah, all those reports are available online. You can pull up a PDF and read it on your computer. And like I say, and hopefully the snow doesn't blow for another month or two yet, but when it does, you know, something to take a look at and, and sort through it a maybe help you increase efficiency and profitability on your farming operation. Yeah, I have read through those too, and they are very fascinating, all the different charts, all the different types of varieties of corn and um, what people used and how they used it. And the data is really, like you said, really awesome to see. Yeah, and and to me, the, the interesting thing is no two years are the same. Uh, I've actually worked on a paper uh, looking at the optimal rate of nitrogen. It has varied by 100 pounds for this particular field. Same field, same crop rotation, everything. Uh, One year, you know, the optimal rate might be 125 pounds of nitrogen. Another year, it might be 225 pounds of nitrogen. So without much variability from year to year, that just tells me we need to to be doing a much better job in terms of uh, nitrogen management. We can't just go out and apply 180 pounds of nitrogen and and think we're going to be good. Uh, Some years we're way over applying, some years maybe not enough. So uh, that's where I think we need to use tools and sensors and imagery to to help us uh, to kind of fine tune our nitrogen management. Because I think think we have a huge improvement we can make in terms of how much nitrogen we're applying, uh, not only to save some money, but help protect the environment as well. Right. And that not only goes for farmers, right, but people that have lawns in the cities too. Exactly. Yeah. Anybody that uses, you know, plants are green when you put nitrogen on them. So it's, it's people with lawns and gardens and golf courses and everybody. We all, we're all in this together. We all need to do a better job of uh, nitrogen management. Of course, irrigation management's tied to that as well, uh, but need to do a better job and see if we can make some improvements. Perfect. Well, it was so great to talk to you today, Chuck. Thanks for taking some time out for us and we hope to talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Heather. Yeah. All right. What an enlightening interview there with Chuck. It's really great. So we are Nebraska on tap. They are the TAPS program. Did we copy them? No. It's uh, just, you know, when you tap the aquifer, water comes up. So we decided to do Nebraska on tap for us. So it's been a great, beautiful day, and I hope everybody has enjoyed it. Again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, visual representation there on YouTube. You can also go to NebraskaOnTap.com if you want to find our newest episode. Um, that will take you to our YouTube link. And until then, we will talk to you guys later, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Have a good one. <laughs>